right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. This is the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of the investment banking process. Hello, my name is Alex Basin, and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you're doing really well. And wherever you are in your recruiting journey, I hope you're making significant progress. If you're listening to this episode, you're probably pretty far along in your studying at this point, and I commend you for that. But if you're new, no worries. Uh, there's plenty of material there in the archives for you to learn from. So let's go ahead and get into today's question. We're talking about mergers and acquisitions. Very important topic, of course, for investment banking. It's kind of the bread and butter of banking, uh, in my opinion. There's obviously a lot of other things that bankers do, but M&A is certainly a big, big part of it. You're helping businesses buy and sell each other. So let's go ahead and get into the question. How do you take into account net operating losses in a deal? How do you take into account net operating losses in a deal? Now, stay with me on this one because it's going to get a little bit more intricate than your typical episode, but I do think it's an important concept because it is based on real life situations because this does happen. So let's go ahead and talk about it. Now, remember when we talked about net operating losses back in episodes 187 and also in episode 201. It actually wasn't too long ago we talked about this, but we're revisiting it in more detail now. But as a quick refresher, what are net operating losses? These are the losses of a business that can be carried forward and applied in future accounting periods. Essentially what this does is if a business is rather cyclical, and it has losses in one year and a gain in the next year, it can use some of that loss, at least some of that loss from the prior year to help offset taxes in the next year. So it's a tax saving mechanism for a company to smooth out its accounting or its tax related profits. So that's really what it's all about. And there are different rules about how this is applied to a business's finances. And if you are more curious about that, definitely check out episodes 187 or episode 201. But fundamentally, what goes on is because of these net operating losses, they impact how businesses account for them during a merger or an acquisition. So this is something that we need to think about. So what we want to understand is how much of the target's existing net operating losses can be accounted for by the acquiring company as part of the deal. So imagine you're a business and you're acquiring another business. They have net operating losses on their books. So when you buy the business, how do you account for those in your own accounting? Well, it turns out there's an equation that helps with this. And it's a very simple equation. It's allowable net operating loss is equal to the equity purchase price multiplied by the highest of the past three months adjusted long-term rates. <laughs> I'll repeat that. The allowable net operating loss is equal to the equity purchase price multiplied by the highest of the last three months adjusted long-term rates. Now, as we always like to do here on the show, you know, I like to break down every single equation term by term because that's the only way you understand it. <laughs> that's the only way I understand it. So let's go ahead and, and break this down. Well, we know what equity purchase price is. This is something that we've talked about before. 
if a company, for example, has a market capitalization of $1 billion, and let's go ahead and say that they get acquired for 30% premium, just as an example, the equity purchase price is $1.3 billion. It's literally the cost of the equity in the acquisition. So that's relatively straightforward. But what are these adjusted long-term rates that we're talking about? Well, these are interest rates that are set by the U.S. government, specifically the Internal Revenue Service, or IRS. And what these rates are, are they're closely linked to what is known as the federal funds rate, which if you know anything about the economy or economic theory, you know that interest rates play a huge role in the economy. And essentially what the federal funds rate is, is the interest rate that banks are allowed to lend to each other at. And that influences the entire financial system. So as of late in the United States, interest rates have been rising. They've been at his, they were at historic lows for years and years. It just, it just kept going down. And then finally, the Federal Reserve raised rates significantly in a very short period of time here in 2022 and 2023 and in order to tame inflation that's been happening. And so this is a big impact in the economy. And one of the ways that it works its way through the economy is by influencing the the rates at which corporations account for different things. And this is one of those little niche things that it's affected by. So there are tables that are published on the IRS website in section 382 of the tax code, if you were curious. And these rates represent the cost of money, essentially, similar to how we can think about discount rates. So I went ahead and looked at for the most recent data. I'm recording this now in mid-October 2023, but the tables are actually already out for November 2023. And remember the equation says the highest of the last three months of long-term rates. And so I went ahead and looked at September, October, and November 2023. And November actually has the highest long-term rates at 4.83%. So that's the interest rate that we're going to use in our equation. So in our example, we can take this 4.83% and multiply it by the $1.3 billion equity purchase price. And what's the What's the output? The output is $62.79 million. So we can just go ahead and just for rounding purposes, say $63 million. And that's the amount the acquiring company could use for net operating losses each year as a tax write-off. So that's really the answer. So you take the equity purchase price and you multiply it by whatever the highest is of the last three months of adjusted long-term rates, and that's dictated by the government. Now, we have to talk about another nuance here. Remember, this is the advanced section. You know, we're, we're going through some more advanced concepts, so it's not always just completely straightforward. There's some little nuances here that I want to cover. So the age of a net operating loss plays a role here too. Remember that net operating losses have a certain time limit before they expire and the company can no longer use them for write-offs? Yeah, so there are time limits to these things. They don't just last indefinitely per se. So if the target company, let's say that in this deal, hypothetical deal, the target company has $100 million in net operating losses. 
then in our example, the acquiring firm may only be able to write those off for less than two years, but they'll get to write off everything that's allowed, right? Because they have 63 million allowable per year, and you can, you can use up that 100 million in less than two years. So that's one scenario, one possible scenario. But let's say that the target company has 100 million in net operating losses, but they all expire in one year after the deal gets closed. Well, the acquiring company is only going to be able to write off that 63 million based on the tax rules in year one. And so the other, what is that, 37 million gets gets lost. They don't get to write that off. So the lesson here is if a company is buying another company and expects to get a big tax write-off because of the acquired net operating losses, then they should really pay attention to not only the amount of the net operating losses, but also pay attention to their expiration dates and also pay attention to how much they're allowed to write off based on the purchase price and the long-term rates from the IRS. Yes. Okay. So that was kind of a longer and detailed episode for you, but I hope you enjoy this. I mean, digging into tax tables from the IRS isn't the most exciting thing in the world, but I'm glad you were digging through them with me. <laughs> I hope that was that was informative and enjoyable for you. My name is Alex Mason. I am your host, and I'm so grateful that you're here. I'll see you next time here on Investment Banking Insights and best of luck with recruiting wherever you are in your journey. Just keep going, keep grinding. I know there's a lot going on right now here in the fall as the season picks up, but you got this. I want to encourage you and it's all going to work out. All right. Take care.